Welcome to The Intuitive Customer, where we discuss how you can improve your customer experience and your bottom line by embracing behavioral economics. And now, here are your hosts, world-renowned thought leader on customer experience, Colin Shaw, and Professor Ryan Hamilton from Emory University. I used to work in, um, I used to run all the call centers, and we actually put people through an emotional intelligence test to effectively identify this sort of empathy gap. So it's not just that half of the people were not good at emotional intelligence, at, at kind of empathizing with other people. It also suggests that people are not aware that they're not good at it, right? So you've got all these people auditioning for the singing show, thinking that they're great singers, and, and part of the entertainment of the show is just the obliviousness. Um, emotional intelligence may be something similar, where people don't recognize that they're not good at it. For people that have listened to us in the past will know that memories are key, okay? In our book, The Intuitive Customer, Ryan and I, one of the key imperatives is to recognize that customer loyalty is a function of memory, okay? So if you think about it, loyalty is a function of memory. So therefore, memories become important. So, Ryan, you know that I love cable companies. Yes. Um, you talk about them all the time. I do. Yes. So, the other night, I'm sitting there, and my broadband goes out. And I'm thinking, oh, this is just going to be a nightmare. The first thing I do is to try to reboot the router. The second thing I do is get on the phone. And when I went to reboot the router, so this is the interesting bits now, is when I went to reboot the router, I shouted at Alexa to turn on the lights in the room where the router is. And guess what? Alexa doesn't um, work because I've got no... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and so now I have to go and get a flashlight and try to find out where the router is because I haven't got any lights here and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So, uh, and I get through, uh, finally, I won't bore you with the whole story. But I get through, and the person at the other end is really, uh, oh, hello there, how are you? Uh, and I'm thinking, I'm I'm angry. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I am. <laughs> uh, and I won't, you know, it, it wasn't just because of that. It was because of the whole uh, interactive voice system that they used, and they said they were going to phone me back, and then they said, so here's an interesting one. We'll phone you back. You won't lose your place in the queue, but if there is a high call volume, then we, we'll phone you back tomorrow. Uh, sounds, no, sounds fair. It's totally reasonable. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. anyway, what we're talking about, a bit about today is intensity of emotions. So we all know that customer emotions are extremely important. We know that you know over fifty percent of an experience is about how a customer feels. We've talked about the importance of emotions, and and all too often organisations don't consider this this well enough. Uh, but the other thing they're definitely not really looking at is not just the emotion, but the intensity of that emotion. In that example there, what was what was happening? Well, the, I mean, the, the technical term for it is you were really angry um, <laughs> based on your experience with them. The intensity of emotion is an interesting phenomenon because it leads to what's called an empathy gap. Like the idea that 
when somebody's feeling something different than what we're feeling, it's really, really hard for us to put ourselves in their shoes and to try to fake feeling what they're feeling. And this means that it's very hard for us to, to anticipate or to understand even how other people are reacting. So in this, in the situation you laid out, you know, you'd been experiencing something for several minutes or, or, or longer that led longer. you longer that led you to feel most of your adult life interacting with people yeah. <laughs> that that led you to feel a very strong emotion meanwhile this this poor phone bank employee had just gotten back off of break and was chatting with some friends and you know they were in a completely different emotional space and as human beings it's very difficult for us to bridge that gap so it was difficult for you to kind of even fathom how this person could not be feeling just as intense of a negative emotion as you were. Uh, and they might have had a difficulty understanding how you could come so hot into this situation. And that fundamental gap in, in empathy and understanding leads to some serious problems for customer experience management. So I guess this is one one of the reasons why it's key to employ people with a high level of emotional intelligence. Yes. So the empathy gap should be reduced for people with high EQ, for people who are, I mean, maybe you can, you would do a better job than I, maybe you can define emotional intelligence for people who are not familiar with the term. Yeah. So emotional intelligence, we talk about that you've got sort of two forms of intelligence. One form of intelligence is just how fast you can think about things. So, you know, that's typically IQ and there are obviously tests for seeing how clever you are, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, a guy called Daniel Goldman, a number of years ago now, wrote a book called Emotional Intelligence, i.e. EQ. And EQ is basically the ability that you have to understand how, the, 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 I think there are five different points, I won't remember all of them, but um, the ability for you to understand how the, the other person is feeling, the ability for you to understand how you are feeling. And these are sort of the two main ones for me. Interestingly enough, when I, I used to work at a telecoms company and we had a, I used to work in, um, I used to run all the call centers and we actually put people through an emotional intelligence test to effectively identify this sort of empathy gap. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So some interesting stats from that was, so we, we were basically moving from, 10 sites down to four and we were also moving from front office working to front and back office working so for those of people that don't understand that terminology if you're an agent and somebody phones in and they say they want a telephone line then you dealt with the class customer you then went off afterwards and you went onto the system and you programmed it all and everything else so effectively there's two parts of that job One's a front office, i.e. talking to the customer. One's back office, which is effectively putting all of the, the requirements into the system. So we decided that we were going to move from, n not just move from 10 sites down to four, but we were going to also move to front office, back office working. Why do I tell you all this? Because one of the things that we did was we turned around and said, okay, well, 
actually what we want to do uh, effectively if, as we are moving people into these these new sites that we've got and we're recruiting new people because some of the sites are all over the country. We want to make sure that we got the, in quotes, right people talking to the customer. So we put in place this emotional intelligence test that effectively looks at this empathy gap. And some fascinating things came out of that. First of all, we said that anybody could apply for whichever position they wanted to. So you can apply to go in the front office or you can apply to go in the back office. But we also said, if you were going into the front office, you had to take this test and you had to pass this test because that would determine sort of the, the level of that emotional intelligence or you had enough of it to talk to the customers. And it was really interesting that 50% of the people that went to into applied to go into the front office didn't pass the test. So that that then told me that actually, bear in mind that the majority of these people were talking to the customers every day yeah, anyway. They were already in that role. Yeah, they, they were already in that role, but they were the yeah, wrong people yeah. in that role. It, that's interesting because yeah. it suggests kind of a, an American idol, or I forget what the British version of that show is, but uh, it, these... Yeah, these these shows where they have people audition to sing. So it's not just that half of the people were not good at emotional intelligence, at at kind of empathizing with other people. It also suggests that people are not aware that they're not good at it, right? So you've got all these people auditioning for the singing show, thinking that they're great singers, and and part of the entertainment of the show is just the obliviousness. Um, Emotional intelligence may be something similar, where people don't recognize that they're not good at it. So another interesting part that came out of it was that the amount of people that actually said they wanted to work in the back office, yeah, because naturally, well, we, we had thought that more people would want to work in the front office, yeah, uh, but actually they wanted to work in the back office, which is, which is fine. But to your point, we actually had one person that took the test seven times. Um, and uh, and failed each time, which I, I was actually quite pleased with from a technical sure. viewpoint because what it proved was that you couldn't right. fake it, basically. And it was more about sort of the inherent abilities that that, that person had. But yeah, and and it and it made a significant difference then because what we then discovered. Sorry, I didn't realize I was going to be prattling on about this so much, um, but I get quite excited by these things. Um, what, what we then discovered was that people that didn't want to talk to the customers had a tendency just to email the customer yeah, uh, and not actually phone them and speak to them, and they didn't like answering the phone, which is a bit of a problem in a call center. <laughs> But when you then started to look at some of the behavior and the stats, what you discovered was they were spending more time on back office work. They were not in a ready state all the time and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, post-rationalization, you suddenly went, oh, yeah. yeah." (laughs) So these people up here want to talk to the customer and, and they're really good at doing it. These people back here were talking to the customer, but they were actually the wrong people doing it. And guess what? The the people that want to talk to the customer didn't particularly like processing right, the orders. Right. So anyway, you ended up with sort of two segments of... And both were kind of maybe more efficient and better at their jobs kind of once they were properly sorted. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing that sort of builds on from that is because we were then 
consolidating in from 10 sites down to, to four. And as usual, cutting costs, we actually used that extra productivity that that provided to uh, reduce the headcount and all those other wonderful things. But yeah, to answer your question, that was a long explanation, wasn't it, about what's emotional intelligence. They actually say that emotional intelligence is a greater predictor of success than IQ. So if you think about it, there are people that that you really like. So, you know, you're the best leaders that you've had, the best teachers that you've had are the people who can emotionally connect with you. Whereas if you've got somebody that's highly intelligent, then typically those people that are highly intelligent have not necessarily got all of the social skills and leadership skills that you need to motivate people and teams and all those those other yeah. wonderful things. No, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and, you know, bringing this back around to this idea of, of an empathy gap, then so, I mean, this is a cognitive bias that is studied and that is no, well known. So to a certain extent, everyone has an empathy gap because it's just, it's difficult to project into the mind of somebody else. But the other important point that's been raised, and I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it, is it's not the case that everyone is equally bad at this. There may be some real strong differences among people where some people with high emotional intelligence are going to have a, a much smaller empathy gap and are going to be able to better anticipate what others are feeling and understand where they're coming from and all that. So getting back to this strength of feeling, because I think that's the important part for me, it goes back to this sort of intensity of feeling. Is it sort of something like they don't realize that the emotions are increasing in the in the customer? Oh, and when I even say customer, I mean, it could be your, your partner sure, or, yeah. or whatever. Is it that they don't realize that that intensity is increasing or they're not sensitive to that or what? My interpretation of the empathy gap is you can kind of think about this in stages. So on one level, it may be that I just can't identify the emotion that you're feeling, right? So I, I'm just oblivious to the fact that you're angry at all. I would assume that that's not a huge problem. And in fact, there have been studies that show that people are very good at identifying emotions just based off of facial expressions. So I don't think that that's the cause of the empathy gap. There's then this second question, which is around intensity. And I think that that's much harder to to kind of gauge. So this call center employee at the, the cable company probably could tell you were agitated and, and angry. But like being able to rate that on a scale, like how angry is Colin on a scale from zero to on the phone with Comcast? Like, where do we put that? I think that's much harder for people to maybe gauge and anticipate. So I think that's a big part of this empathy gap is what is the intensity of the emotion that, that you're feeling? Are other people going to be, be able to pick up on the intensity of that emotion? And I think that that's part of this cause here. Training your frontline team on how to create memories in your customers by evoking their emotions. Beyond philosophy's unique and proven training methodology, Memory Maker Training. Contact Beyond Philosophy by going to beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash contact. Yeah, that actually makes sense because when I think about the training that we do for frontline employees, which you would call is called memory maker training, and, and this sort of ties two things together, I think. So we call it memory maker training because 
effectively what we're trying to do is create memories in customers and therefore for listeners that have listened to the podcast many occasions will know that I love the peak end rule Daniel Kahneman and and remembering the peak emotion that you felt in an experience and remembering the end emotion creates a, a, a memory and one of the things that and in fact I was talking to a, a, a potential client the other day basically saying yeah we've got a call center 500 people and I said well what training have you given your employees before on soft skills and he basically said mm, not not nothing really they tell them to and I'm exaggerating now and they tell them to say have a nice day but that's as far as it goes and the example I always use that, that I think brings it to life and I'm sure will bring it to life for everybody else is when I walk home at night and I walk in the front door and I shout hello to Lorraine my wife Within a one-word response, I can tell you how Lorraine is feeling and whether I've done something wrong. I know if she's feeling happy. I know if she's feeling sad. And I also know if I did X, Y, and Z, that would make life worse and she would feel even worse. But I also know if I do ABC, then actually that will make her feel better. And, you know, when you think about that, what are we doing? We're looking at all of the things like tone of voice. We're looking at cadence. We're looking at body language. We're looking at all those different types of things. What we're critically doing is we're trying to, uh, we're identifying how that person is feeling. And then what we're doing is going, actually, I want to make Lorraine feel happy. So therefore, I'm going to do this, 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 and this to make her feel happy. So that's that, that sort of, for me, is that the essence of that, empathy gap it's trying to bridge that by giving people the skills of going let's identify how the customer is feeling walking into that experience we now want them to walk out of that experience feeling this so what are the things that we're going to do what are the words and actions and things that we're going to say that will make the customer feel differently walking out of that experience it's, it's interesting to examine this from the perspective of what makes the empathy gap bigger or smaller. So we've talked about emotional intelligence as being one factor that could make the, the gap bigger or smaller. Familiarity is another one. So, you know, part of the reason that you're so good at reading the emotional state of your wife and that the empathy gap will be smaller is because you you understand all of her cues and signals. When you're dealing with customers, a lot of times you're dealing with interacting with people for the first time. And so we can't rely on familiarity uh, to kind of buffer us in those cases. So what can we do as managers to train people up, to develop those skills more explicitly, to kind of point out to them, no, no, you really need to be paying attention to the body language and to the facial expressions. Because um, a lot of times we're in these professional social interactions where we kind of feel constrained. Like you weren't yelling at the top of your lungs at that Comcast uh, phone bank employee to express the the intensity of your anger because this was a professional social social interaction and so you the way you were expressing the intensity of your anger was probably relatively more subtle and so then therefore the employee needed to work harder to pick up on just how intense is the emotion so we're often in situations that magnify this empathy gap 
where people don't feel like they can express themselves fully and we're distracted employees. And so we can't, you know, pick up on all the same signals and so on. So in some sense, the deck is stacked against us. What can you do as a manager going into that, knowing that this is going to be hard to make it easier and more accurate for your employees? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think the other thing that I've discovered over the years is it's, it's the classic bell curve where you've got sort of, I don't know, 15% of people who are your top high flyers that, that, that get this and do it automatically. And it's very intuitive for them. Yeah. Very intuitive. They just do it automatically, you know, that you, and, and it's like your top salesperson, your top customer service person. They just do it really well. You've then got at the bottom end, you know, the 15%, 20% of people that shouldn't be in the call center or shouldn't be in sales or whatever it may be. And the majority of the people that are in the middle, the way I describe it is they need their potential released. They need to, to go, actually, look, this is what's happening. Look at this. Think about the words that you're using, the phrases that you're using, the way you're standing, the you know, uh, all those types of things. And when they realize that, they go, oh, yeah, right, okay, I, I had thought. And the classic one we always get on the training, I had thought that that was maybe the case, but I didn't want to really, I felt a bit embarrassed about asking the question. But let, let's just talk an, an, another aspect of this uh, intensity because I, I, I do want to just mention this for everybody listening. So, Again, for people that have listened to us in the past will know that memories are key, okay? In our book, The Intuitive Customer, Ryan and I, one of the key imperatives is to recognize that customer loyalty is a function of memory, okay? So if you think about it, loyalty is a function of memory. So therefore, memories become important. The link I want to make here is between the intensity of emotion and the strength of the memory. And again, that is absolutely key. So if everyone buys into the fact that, as Kahneman talks about, we don't choose between experiences, we choose between the memory of those experiences. Okay, that's that's key. And let me repeat that. We don't choose between experiences, we choose between the memory of those experiences then the memories that we want customers to have have to have a higher degree of intensity and uh, of emotion intensity. And therefore, the danger is that a lot of the highest emotions that customers feel are negative emotions. And therefore, what they're going to remember is negative emotions because we frustrate customers by putting them through some of the loops that uh, organizations put them through by uh, the processes and the things that they've developed to to try to make things more efficient for them that impact upon upon the customer. So the point I want to make to everybody is intensity of emotion is really, really key in linking that to the memory that the customer will have of that interaction. And you need to recognize that. Okay, so the usual question, so what what does this mean that people should do? So I would encourage people to just recognize this gap. Empathy gap is one specific type of cognitive bias, 
but it's one of a family of biases that have been researched that all kind of point in the same general direction. So there's something called the curse of knowledge, which is the idea that it's hard for us to unknow things that we already know. And that makes it harder for us to put ourselves in the shoes of people who don't know what we know. And so if we're if we're managing a brand or if we're working for a company, we know a lot of things about our offering that our customers don't. And it can be hard for us to kind of put ourselves in the shoes of, of somebody who doesn't know what we know. There's another thing called the egocentric bias, which is the idea that we often assume other people are feeling what we feel and that they will have the same perspective on things that we do. And then there's, of course, this empathy gap, which is that it's hard for us to to feel what other people are currently feeling and to identify the intensity of those emotions. Realize that these are problems. So realize that these are, are, are maybe, if you want, opportunities to help your employees do better. But this is just an, a natural human thing. It's, we're constrained by our own skulls. It's hard for us to get out and see through somebody else's eyes. So what are your specific plans to overcome that? How are you going to be better at this? And how are you going to get your employees to be better at this? recognizing that it's a, it's just a general problem of being a human being. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think the the bit I would build onto that is this sort of empathy gap it varies. Okay, so yes. it, goes, it goes back to the bell curve. You, Great point. You know, 15, 20% of the people that do this do it really well uh, and really empathize with the customer automatically. 15, 20% of the bottom end are not good and you need to churn them. It's the majority of the people that are in the middle that you need to focus on. And some what I would call advanced soft skills training that that we do, this memory maker training, is really good at releasing the potential of those, those people to start to understand how the customer is feeling walking into the experience and converting them into how they you want them to feel walking out of the experience and and that is key and not enough organizations are embracing that whether that's in the b2b2c environment or the the b2b environment and it's not just in call centers as well i mean if i think about i was doing a speech the other week in london for clarabridge who do all of the sort of feedback software and stuff like that Uh, and one of the things i really liked about what they were doing was when they when you look at sort of social media tweets and stuff like that the sentiment analysis the text analytics to understand not just what the customer's saying but the sentiment behind it uh, and one of the things they've moved on to start to talk about is the intensity of that emotion which I think is really good so it's not just in face to face it can be written and when we start to use AI and stuff like that for the future, I think this is going to become increasingly more important going forward. So hope that's been of use uh, for everybody today. If you can do us one favor, that would be to, to give us a review. If you can just go onto whatever platform that you've, you're listening to, to this from and, and give us a review, that really helps us get the message out there. I mean, I would say if, if, if you're going to do one favor for us, maybe just send us some money. But if, <laughs> if there are multiple favors that you could consider, subscribing and reviewing is also very nice. Yeah, that's that's very empathetic. Yeah, you? I mean, well, yeah. if it's if it's like one favor, maybe maybe a kidney. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this bottom fifteen percent, or just, you're, you're, oh, oh yeah, no question, no question. I'm I'm in the back office. <laughs> Good. Okay. Thanks, everybody, and talk to you next week. Cheers. Bye.
This has been the Intuitive Customer with Colin Shaw and Professor Ryan Hamilton. But it doesn't end here. Just go to beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast to find all of our shows, access free tools and resources, and subscribe, won't you? That way you'll never miss a show. That's beyondphilosophy.com slash podcast. And we'll talk with you next time on The Intuitive Customer.